0: From Relay FM, this is Connected, Episode Ninety. Today's show is brought to you by Memories. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen Hackett. Hello, Michael Hurley. And ciao, Federico Vittici. <laughs> Hello,
1: Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. Why are you uh, saying ciao? What's uh, what's the occasion?
0: I like to localize, you know.
1: Oh yeah, you mm-hmm. do. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: talking about localizing. Whenever I sell t shirts now, I like to localize to the US or Europe so people don't have to pay high shipping rates. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, new connected t shirt time.
2: Yeah. And we have a
0: link, a special link in our show notes. If you go to our show notes, Federico, where can people find the show notes?
1: You can go to relay.fm slash connected slash 90.
0: And you will see a lovely link to our t shirt. You'll be able to click that, and if you are in the U.S. or Europe or whichever you're closest to, they will be the, the T-shirts will be shipping from that region. So you'll be able to get better prices. They're not all shipping from the U.S. as we've done in the past. We've worked with Teespring, who've been great, um, and they've been able to hook us up with that. So there are two kind of two parallel campaigns, but if you click that link, it will just automatically throw you to the right one, and you'll be able to get a fantastic T-shirt uh, it is to celebrate Stephen collecting all of the IMAX, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, he collected all of the IMAX, all 13, and we have created a T-shirt, which uh, kind of also riffs on the meetup poster that that our mm-hmm. designer, mm-hmm. Frank, made for us. We loved it so much, we decided to have a Stephen made. Um, and then once we had a Stephen <laughs> made, we decided to have a bunch of IMAX made. Uh, these T-shirts are basically commemorative items because there's so much involved in the printing that we're basically making no money on them yeah uh but we love this design so much and i hope that you will all love it and you should buy it and if i see anybody at wwdc wearing this they will get a big hug yes maybe from all three of us i'll give you an imac <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> i got loads of them man i just bring yeah. them down
1: yeah and a lot of people including you mike Told me that in, on the T-shirt I look like Dave Grohl from yes. the Foo Fighters, mm-hmm. which is true. great. It's very nice. And for some reason, uh, Frank uh, used a T-shirt that I actually have, but he didn't know that I have that exact T-shirt in my in my. No, he knows everything. Collection. He knows everything. Yeah. It kind of that 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 uh, character kind of does look like me. So, so yeah,
0: these T-shirts are a limited design. They're available until the nineteenth of May, and we tried to get them out as soon as possible. And because we have the localized shipping, if you're kind of in Central Europe, uh, the UK, or in the continental United States, probably Canada, you should have these just in time for WWDC. If you're coming, if you're not, doesn't even matter. But they're great. They're grey. They're blue. You can choose which one. You should buy both. Uh, like I did. And enjoy them because they're awesome. Thank you very much. All right, so, Stephen. Yes. You wanted to talk about 90th anniversary
2: gifts, I see, in our our thing here. We've been doing this as we hit bigger and bigger numbers on Connected. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt like it would be wrong to skip over this. So uh, for you, Mike, the traditional gift in the United Kingdom is, quote, stone. I don't know what that means. You're going to get some rocks.
0: Or get... Stunned.
2: I don't think that's what no? it means.
0: Does that know what it is? I mean, if you're ninety years old, I feel like that's probably okay,
2: but oh yeah. If I make it to ninety, it's gonna be <laughs> game over. Um, <laughs> every other country on this website, US, Spain, Germany, Russia, France, and Italy, uh, granite is the the gift. And then uh as far as gemstones, uh Emerald is the rock of choice for the 90th anniversary club so
0: so basically some kind of stone with an emerald in the middle and we're all
2: good I think that's that um I think that's pretty good so I know people were dying to know what that what that would be so I felt like I had an obligation to fulfill their curiosity
0: perfect but more importantly <laughs> uh, you have collected all of your uh, IMAX now you have all
2: 13 IMAX. I do, they're actually 16, which is a funny story, but uh, I have one of each color. It's probably not that funny. (laughs) No, it's just that um, I had some bum ones that I replaced. But um, yeah, so all 13 are here. Uh, I've put together a page that'll be in the show notes, Um, uh, a project page on 512pixels that has basically links to all the other stuff I'm doing. So there's, I did a big blog post with like high res, like product, Photos that you can go and play with, like someone Twitter told me they were making a poster out of one of them. Like, go do with them as you wish. They are, they are yours to play with. Um, and there's a YouTube video which I put up of the, basically me doing the photo shoot, which was a lot of fun. And um, there's a bunch more coming, so um, I think I'll highlight those as we go. But uh, we are off to the races as far as exciting content for an 18 year old computer. Exciting yeah, content.
0: I love the video that you did, and it's kind of... I assume that was the video which resulted in the photography, right?
2: Yes, so the pictures that I'm taking in that video are the pictures you can download in the blog post.
0: Yeah, I like it a lot, because you get to... I like... There's a subtle thing that you may or may not notice when you watch the video, how the colors change during the time-lapse. Yeah. Which I thought was quite clever.
2: Yeah, so, you know, it's just... um, I had fun making it. It was fun to do a bunch of time-lapse stuff. Um, and, uh, and I like too, that it's a lot of like behind the scenes that you can see how messy our, our is right now. But, um, it is, it is sort of funny. Uh, if you look at the video, the first little bit is me setting up a light, um, that actually it happens in the time lapse, but it's so fast. You can't see it actually cut the back of my, like two of my fingers open setting that light up. This is exciting little tidbit of information um, real behind
0: the scenes here,
2: yeah, and uh, and you can see to the right, like there's like backpacks and stuff packed up. so I make movies about old computers. My brothers going to Africa to shoot a documentary this summer, and so it's like we share this space and do like the most opposite things in it that you could think of, yeah, but who's but, doing um,
0: the real important work
2: here, you know I would say that it's him. But, uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun making it. I think people seem to be enjoying it um so yeah, there's a lot more coming.
0: I've got to say, when you started off on this, I thought it was kind of crazy. And whilst it is still crazy, I am becoming more and more interested in it.
2: Oh, thanks, man. That's that's good. It. I was telling you guys before we recorded, what this project is, like, this is the byproduct of me not having anyone to answer to anymore. <laughs> like, if I have all the time and, like... You know, I spent some money on this. It wasn't real expensive. Like like I said in the video, like half of these were donated by listeners and readers, which is awesome. Thank you so much. Um, but like, this is what happens when I work for myself, like without any checks and balances, that just, I do a, a 13 computers and have a video about them. But um, people seem to be enjoying it. I've got a lot of great response. Um, it's it's a lot of fun to hear from people about their stories of this computer. And it, it, I think it is an important computer. So it's... um. It's a lot of fun exploring some new ways to kind of tell people about it. Yeah,
0: you are the iMac man now.
2: Seems that way. So last week
0: we spoke about um, the Logitech base for the iPad Pro. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Jason Snell of Six Colors and Upgrade, (coughs) uh, he got one of these and wrote a little review of it. Um, And, you know, Jason overall seems pretty positive about this device, I guess you'd call it. Uh, but basically, what his main he has kind of two main complaints, which I completely feel would definitely stop me from buying this is the viewing angle is kind of okay, but you can't adjust it naturally, <coughs> right, so you're kind of just stuck with what it is, but the biggest one for me is taking the smart cover you know we spoke about this last time off every single time yep. is frustrating,
1: yeah, and it' just looks like a like a strange product to me that we waited all of these months for a second uh, smart connector accessory to come out and it's just a base where you connect the iPad and you cannot do anything else there's no fancy like solution for like an audio enhancer type of like uh, acoustic uh, sort of shell there's no pencil holder for the ipad pro it's just a base you cannot adjust the angle i mean it looks terrific looks very nice and i can imagine like in some scenarios like you're a designer working at a desk you don't need to adjust the angle which i doubt but it's possible or maybe like a what do they call those ipads in a museum like a kiosk or something Uh, I could imagine that, uh, but it looks like... I mean, if you want to use an iPad Pro in a museum with a Logitech base, I mean, it must be a real fancy museum. uh, But sure. I mean, I could imagine the big iPad Pro, 13 inches almost. It makes sense. It looks very nice, but it's mostly a disappointment for me because I wanted to see a little more.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't really fully the more I think about this, I can't really understand what you would use it for, right? Like, like in an artist's perspective, like, you wouldn't want it at that angle. Like, I can't really imagine people using it. Like, maybe you would put it in here and type on an external keyboard, maybe? I don't know, you know. So, like, you, Federico, just bought your Magic Keyboard, which you're going to get yes. to in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, would you maybe want to put your iPad in this and then type with it? Or would you want to put it on something else? Or would you just leave like the smart cover on and just stand no, it up on that thing?
1: I don't need to to buy this because I can just leave it on the smart cover. It's one less thing to have around my house. You know, the smart cover is perfectly fine for, for my preferred viewing angle when typing. So yeah. it looks nice. Again, it looks very nice, but I don't need it
0: yeah I've gotta say like in 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 actual usage like I, I i don't really get this so much anymore, like it's on paper just seems like a nice product, like oh this is a cool thing that someone's doing with a stand, but there kind of isn't really a lot to it,
1: yeah, I wonder, and I was talking with Jason about this, I wonder if it's a problem of the smart connector, the first revision being uh not offering a lot of control to manufacturers or if maybe we'll see a software update that will unlock more functionalities in the smart connector, or if there has to be a hardware revision. Because it's kind of odd that in uh, seven months, we've only seen essentially two accessories for this new connector uh, from third parties, which happen to be the same company. So it's the Logitech Create Keyboard case and the Logitech Base and, of course, the smart keyboard from Apple. And uh, when I reviewed the iPad Pro, I was told we'll have more international layouts for the smart keyboard soon, and I wonder if seven months uh, lies within the soon threshold. I doubt it. Uh, So it's kind of strange, you know, that seven months on, we've only got one American keyboard layout for the smart keyboard from Apple and only two third-party accessories for the smart connector, which come from the same company. So, you know... It's kind of odd
0: it's strange on keyboards so what do you think about the magic keyboard
1: i love it it's definitely the best keyboard i've bought in a what in many many years actually and i i'm surprised why i didn't consider this before like what was i thinking um so the size is just right for me uh the the size of the keys the size of the distance between each key works for me I do love how they sound, how they click. So I don't understand what some people hate. I guess... I guess.
0: I think it depends what you're
1: coming from. Yeah. Because it clicks yeah. less, right? Yeah, some people really do love their clicks, like deep-clicking keyboards. And I understand that. Um, but it works for me. I love the sound. Um, it's super comfortable. And uh, it seems even e- even easier to connect to the iPad. So I used to... What was it called? The Apple wireless keyboard a few years ago. I used to have one of those. Um, with back in my in the days of my iPad 2 and the iPad 3, uh, and it was always a mess to connect to it. Uh, you needed to go into the Bluetooth settings because it got stuck. Now there's a switch on the Magic Keyboard which I like. Uh, it's easy to turn off and on. And I uh, one of the things that I miss from from the uh, dedicated iPad keyboards is the standalone iPad keys, like mm-hmm. uh, like a shortcut key, uh, like a sorry, a screenshot key, a home screen key. And I know that I uh, I can go back to the home screen by hitting Command H.
0: Yeah, that's how I live my life.
1: Yeah, it's just easier to to go back um, with a standalone key for me, at least. Uh but other than that I really really do like it. Um I'm only just wondering I think I got to buy some kind of cleaning product uh because <laughs> it's white and I know how it's going to end up when I spend the entire summer writing on it. And uh, and uh, I don't know what Apple recommends when it comes to cleaning white keyboards. So I got to look that up. Um but I'm very happy with the purchase. It works well with the smart cover. Um i just prop the iPad up and, uh, and I type. And uh, yeah, um, I also miss the, you know, it's uh, on the Logitech keyboards, um, and other keyboards, but on the Logitech one, you get this globe key to switch between keyboards. So you get like a little pop-up in the middle of the screen. I don't remember if there's a, if there's a similar shortcut to do the same on the, on the Magic keyboard. And another thing that I noticed is that in iOS 9, there's still, iOS 9.3 even, there's still some weird keyboard inconsistencies. Like sometimes Command-Tab doesn't work. Uh, I need to perform it again, like twice or three times for it to work. Like it gets stuck for some reason. Or like some... Some other weird bug, like the cap the caps lock key gets uh, always uh, gets also stuck. So when it's off, I type uppercase. When it's on, I type lowercase, which is confusing. And I need to disconnect and connect again. So there's still some uh, oddities in, in keyboard uh, keyboards on iOS nine. But overall, I give it a solid eighty five percent. Were you looking for an approval rate, Mike? Yes, <laughs> it's eighty five percent. That's good. good.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's, that's actually, I think most people will be pretty happy with that kind of approval rating.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Two things. I put a knowledge base article in the show notes okay. of okay. what Apple said, how Apple says to clean it. Oh, thank <laughs> um, you.
1: Thank and you.
2: I, I will give full credit to Kyle's the Gray in the chat room. He pasted it there basically the same moment I pasted it into Quip. So we'll give him credit. Um, and two, I, I've used the Magic Keyboard since its debut. And out of the, you know, generations of Apple keyboard I have at my disposal. It's really one of my favorites if not my favorite. The um the key throw, you know, took a little getting used to. It's not as shallow as something like the MacBook. But one of my favorite things honestly, and I guess I guess you don't get this really with the iPad is the um, being able to charge it over lightning. So like actually today I came into the office and my keyboard was like 4%, you know, it's kind of, I had a notification on my computer and I was unplugged the lightning cable I usually have on my phone and just put it over here on the keyboard or you don't have to worry about dealing with AA batteries and all that sort of stuff so uh, I'm a big fan of this of this little keyboard
0: yeah I think the battery thing is good that's why one of the reasons that I love the new magic trackpad for the same reason right like I love it because I can just charge it by lightning and I have a gajillion lightning cables now, you know, just like all over the place. So it's easy for me to just grab one and charge it. So I can totally see why you would want that for the keyboard, right? For the same reason. But I, as I said before, like that keyboard just is fine for me, but I much prefer when I'm using my Mac to use the Microsoft one because it's more Mm -hmm. comfortable for me. Um, And then when I'm using my iPad, I'm happy with the smart keyboard because I can kind of maneuver it in a way that I can get comfortable quite easily, but it's also always there that, you know, that's what I like about it, right? Yeah. Like, and, But but I totally see, like, for, for the reason that you have bought it, Federico, mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense for you, because as I said to you last week, you should not be typing those 10,000 yes. words on the screen, because it How just many? can't be good for you.
1: <laughs> I wish there were 10,000. <laughs> Sometimes there's only 10. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll probably bring the the smart keyboard to San Francisco. Uh, just because it's a uh, it's a not in one kind of solution, it's easier to carry. Uh, but I think I did the right thing in in um, buying the magic keyboard for this summer, you know. And it's also very nice how I can look up the battery information in the in the notification center widget, which I also get with the. I mean, no, I don't get it with the smart keyboard because it's a uh, uses smart connector. I get it with the Beats headphones and the pencil, what, and the pencil. So it's nice. Uh, The only seriously, the only thing that worries me is the white color, and uh, you know, and the way that it will uh, get dirty over time. So I will uh, thank you, Stephen and Kyle, for sending me the the link. I will uh, look up the Apple recommended uh, cleaning (laughs) methodology.
2: It really doesn't get real bad. I mean, unless you're, uh, I, I sort of have a bad habit of eating at my desk. Um, Like for lunch, and you know, you'll get food and stuff on it, but like in yeah. general use, like this one at my office, I've had up here for nine months. And like, it, I mean, looking at it now, like it seems fine. Like, they're pretty durable. All right. Unless, unless you're just really dirty. Are you really dirty? No,
1: I, <laughs> not at my desk.
0: This week's episode <laughs> is brought to you by Memories. Memories, the corners of my mind. Do you ever remember the Everpix flashback feature that everybody <laughs> loved? You know, we loved that, right? Like, you could go back and see things that had happened in your past. It's the one that Picture Life quickly implemented. And now I think Picture Life is going the way of the Dodo 2. I think that was recent uh, news that I saw somewhere, right? Picture Life is going away. I know Casey was upset. So now Memories for iOS gives you that feature for the photos that live in your iCloud photo library. This isn't going to be something that's cast to the shadows that you can find at prompt.photos. Do you remember that? I just saw Kyle put that in the chat room. This isn't going to happen with memories because it's just taking the photos that you have in your iCloud photo library and it shows you them sort of what you did a year ago, right? So it will group them up. You can see it together by years and you can very easily go in and see like on this day in the past, what did I do? You can travel back in time and revisit those old photos that you might otherwise never see again and get that little hit of the memory right right to the to the feel center you can get a notification each day to tell you how many memories you have that day and you can quickly see them in a lovely today view widget as well so you don't even need to open the app app. they'll be right there whenever you need them and if you want to see a specific date you can very easily just pick that date they have a great date picker in there memories makes it also easy to share these photos and if you've come across some that you'd rather forget it's really easy to remove them from the app as well. Go to memories.land/slash connected to find out more and check it out for yourself. Thank you so much to Memories for their support of this show.
2: I do like how epic it sounds when you say that the show is brought to you by Memories. Like it just sounds. It's nice, it's right? Awesome. It's a super cool app. Yeah, I like it. I've been playing with it and I like it a lot. It's great. So you should go check it out.
1: Have you found any any photos that you'd like to forget about, Mike? Most. <laughs>
2: So let's go from uh, photo management to music streaming services.
1: I feel like there needs to be a big disclaimer before we talk about this. It it is not our intention to kill Apple Music Mm
2: -hmm. or
1: to kill Spotify. Mm -hmm. You know, just want to make sure that people don't say that we jinxed it or that we're bad luck or whatever. It's just a rumor. We're just reporting. No, it's not a curse. It's a set of unlucky coincidences. <laughs> it's not uh, so, fault. Uh,
2: so I, I figure we we'll break down the news. I don't let you guys talk about it since you guys actually use this stuff more than I do. Uh, a article came out in Bloomberg, which like as a sidebar, Bloomberg is killing it with the Apple coverage recently. They have uh, a big article saying that uh, sweeping changes are coming to Apple Music as soon as WWDC, which of course is really, as we speak today, only about a month away, and that this is going to be sort of a twofold change, uh, a big user interface change to make it more intuitive, that would better gra- integrate online radio and music downloads, and that it would also... Um, according to a 9 to 5 article, so these things are kind of coming at the same thing from two different directions, mm-hmm. that it would be a big change for the uh, for you tab and the new tab and uh, apparently iTunes Connect is still there, you know, the Connect tab that would potentially be going away. Um, and that all this is being spearheaded, and this is really the paragraph that uh, is troubling to me, <laughs> Uh, is that the new look is being overseen by, uh, like, 18 people, including... Robert
0: Kondrick. I don't know how you say that name. Kondrick. Kondrick. Uh, Trent Reznor, Johnny and Johnny Ive, and Eddie Q, and Ivine. (laughs) So everyone, really.
2: It's a bunch of people, and it seems like a little bit of design by committee, which we can get to. Uh, But I think the big headline is here that Apple Music, just a year in, uh, seems to be, at least, slated for big changes you know this isn't just like oh we're just going to tweak something like if this if all this comes true this is like major surgery you know on a service that's 12 months old
0: yeah but a lot of I mean I look at this you say like oh Bloomberg are killing it and you know they definitely had the article but this news came during a week where lots of people were complaining about Apple music so Mm, Apple saying to Bloomberg oh hey we're changing so much like feels like a thing that might happen so, you know, lots of people were upset this week about uh, Apple Music deleting music. There was Has this that ever thing.
1: happened to you guys, by the way?
0: I don't have a local music library that I have really cared about and taken care of over the last few years. Mm. I moved to streaming years ago. So all of my music is sitting on a hard drive, but it's not on my machine.
1: Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, I mean, Stephen, I don't think you've really got into the situation where it would be a problem for you, because
2: right, I do, I do have iTunes Match turned on, uh, which I I let laughs, but I've actually re-updated because it actually is helpful. But um, I mean, I'm not using Apple Music. We do have a Spotify account now, mainly for the Amazon Echo, so we can just shout at it to play something because the Amazon Prime Music library is pretty hit or miss. But, um. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think like the, the, all the background noise right now is that Apple Music, I think especially on the Mac, uh, because they really like as as janky as the iOS music app can be, where they sort of glued music.app and beats together, like in iTunes on the Mac, it's even worse. And so there's a lot of like just low level um, uh, dissatisfaction with how this is working right now from at least the tech community.
0: The f- The idea of making big user interface changes is not something that surprises me of a service like this. You know, like Apple, in the way that they do, they just put it out there and then every year we'll make big changes to it. Like Spotify just did some changes in the background to their UI, but they just do them whenever they want to do them. Right? And they make these small changes which might last over a year. So the idea of Apple doing one release every year and it making big user interface changes doesn't surprise me. Because they put it out there. Lots of people didn't like the way that a bunch of things worked. So now they're going to be changing them in the next version. I don't think that these sweeping changes are going to be as big as the Bloomberg article says. You know, making things more intuitive doesn't mean that they need to basically rip the guts out and start all over again. Reorganizing some tabs and changing the names of them, you know, changing the For You tab uh, a little bit more, making that a bit better and discontinuing the new tab, calling it Browse and showing all the same stuff in a different way. Like, none of this is huge. It just feels like changes that need to be made. Yeah. And the idea of getting rid of Connect as well, like... That's a good idea, and they're saying it's going to be rolled into the For You tab. But again, it's like these just feel like a big collection of small changes as opposed to like, we started over again.
1: No, they cannot start over realistically. I mean, yeah. the, the streaming infrastructure is there. And what else is to change about uh, Beats 1, but you know, adding new... Uh, new shows, and the reports from bloomberg and nine to five Mac don 't even mention bit one, so it seems like it 'll stay mostly unchanged so the sweeping changes that Bloomberg refers to yeah. uh, sound to me like they 're changing the color scheme of the interface they 're reorganizing a bunch of areas of the app so it 's more of a cleanup or more of a you know restructuring, but it 's not a sweeping change it 's not like Apple music is turning into Spotify all of a sudden, you know mm-hmm. so it's it sounds like what we should expect from apple and this is a sort of a pattern that we've seen with other apps the design changes once a year the feature additions throughout the releases of ios and os 10 this is uh, if you look at notes if you look at os 10 and other apps if you look at uh you know stuff like safari uh we're we're seeing design once a year features throughout the year which i think makes sense and i think we'll see this, this design changes with apple music at wwdc and it uh, judging especially from the 9 to 5 mac article it sounds like they're doing away with the uh artwork uh influencing the background of the app so if you open like a like an album that has a red uh, art, uh, artwork, you get a red background, you know mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It seems like they're changing to a simpler black and white uh, background and text all the time.
0: I want to throw out a weird theory uh-huh. about this black and white thing.
1: Uh huh. I know what you're going. I know what you're going with. You know I think.
0: where I'm going, don't you? I, I can feel it. So I, there has been a few like leaked black and white designs recently. Like, yes. I saw a story of Instagram trying yeah. out a new black and white design. iOS 10 might have some different design stuff going on here, which is focusing on black and white. I don't know why they would do this, But it seems super weird to me that Instagram would even consider doing this tested black and white design. And then Apple's there's rumors of Apple doing these black and white designs. Mm -hmm. It feels like there might be something because if Apple's going to work with some companies, Instagram's going to be one of them.
1: Yeah. And you know, black and white, when you flip it, it's easier to achieve a dark mode with more consistency.
0: It is, isn't it? And look, the the idea of the, the 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 general overall user interface isn't going to change, right? Because that's no, you know no. that 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 is still consistent. But the idea of like this all the blur and the taking the theme colors from the artwork, yeah. like that's all dead now. Like that's old. Um, that's like many years old.
1: That's really been a problem also for the accessibility community, you know, when you have such low contrast between text and the translucent uh, background fetched from the artwork. uh, I think switching to a simpler, you know, here's the background, here's the text, and here's your artwork, and it's separate from the rest of the interface, I think it should bring more, uh, you know, sort of clarity to the the interface. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm also interested in the in the functional changes. So 9 to 5 Mac has more details than Bloomberg. Bloomberg is all yeah. There's going to be sweeping changes.
0: Well, because that because the Bloomberg story came from Apple PR and the 9 to 5 Mac story <laughs> well, the, comes from leaks from Apple.
1: It seems likely, but you know, given giving them the benefit of the doubt. Um, <laughs> 9 to 5 Mac says there's going to be a simplification of the for you section. Connect is gonna lose its dedicated tab at the bottom of the app, and it's going to be rolled into for you in a, what they what they call it the motion. So it sounds like a demotion, but also having it in the for you section should also give it more visibility, maybe because right now you go to for you, you see no connect stuff, mm-hmm. right? But there's a dedicated you know standalone connect area. In the future, it sounds like you're going to lose the standalone connect page, but you will get connect recommendations in the yep. For You section. Which like
0: if you imagine For You becoming more like a timeline, mm-hmm. so like here is a new artist we think you might like, and then here's something from Coldplay because you follow them, and here's a new playlist. Like So it's less a static page that refreshes, but like a timeline of stuff that you go through. Like That's how I imagine yeah. you could integrate those two things together. Mm-hmm. I saw a tweet the other day, and I wish I would have marked this down, um about the for you recommendations that apparently like it's really fundamentally built on the artist selections that you initially yes. make
1: yes and i yes. g-
0: hadn't realized this so my thought was the people that are complaining about the for you thing redo the artist selection and maybe you'll get a better i better, don't think you results. saw
1: it. i don't think you saw a tweet i think you saw a link in my newsletter mike
0: i saw a link in your newsletter that's why I couldn't I think find so.
1: it. <laughs> and that. I
0: read it. See, I read it. I just don't remember where it yeah, comes from. Yeah, yeah. Nice. You're honest. God, Max stories, everyone. Yeah,
1: thank you. Uh, you know, what's my idea for improving for you? So can I tell you? Yeah. I suppose I can also tell Stephen, although he's maybe sleeping at this point. <laughs> anyway, you there, buddy? <laughs> still I'm there? Still here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, one of my... One of the things that annoy me, that annoy me about uh, For You is that I always get stuff that I know. So artists that I know, albums that I know. And I know that that's because Apple is more skewed towards famili- familiarity maybe than discovery of unknown bands, unknown EPs and singles. And I know that it's also heavily based on the initial selections that you do for uh, the kind of music that you want to listen to, the artists that you like. What I would do is I would change that initial screen to have sort of like a slider that says, are you more interested in artists that you know or stuff you don't know? Yeah. So you, you yourself, at, at any point you can change it, can say, I want to discover new stuff or I just want a stream of familiar content that I already know, that the, but that maybe I haven't listened to in a while. I think Beats Music had this but maybe I'm wrong, or maybe I've seen it somewhere else. But like a Discovery toggle that you can say... Because I can recognize how Discovery Weekly on Spotify is heavily skewed towards discovery of unknown bands. There's literally no band nor artists that I know in my Discovery Weekly. On yeah, it.
0: see, I don't want either of those extremes. I want something that's closer to the middle.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't mind to have a revised for you setting screen that you can easily open anytime and you can say, look, this week I'm in the mood for something new, so give me something new. Or maybe in general I want something in the middle, so stuff that I know, some stuff I don't know because right now it's all stuff that I know and Spotify is all stuff that I don't know which I can understand why for many people is maybe too much because it feels like you're doing homework instead of listening to music Uh, it's like oh my god I gotta learn all of of these songs Uh, so somewhere in the middle a better for you section would be nice Mm -hmm.
0: I agree with that completely and I hope that that's part of what we're gonna see
1: yeah yeah so what do you think of Connect? I don't even Mm -hmm. use it (laughs) Yeah, me neither. And I have seen so many artists like initially uh, posting uh, videos and like pictures and audio clips to connect. Then it quickly grew. Uh, it quickly grew into artists posting weird short links to their websites, and then now just nothing. A lot of uh, people that I follow there, like bands that I follow there, don't post anymore. And uh, I get the random picture every Mm. once in a while and I just never open it. I had a theory
0: that like the music labels and Apple did a deal and and, like some of these artists and bands were contractually obliged to post things initially. Probably. Because why would they have been so excited about it? I don't know why you would be. It's why you get Drake on stage. I I think all of this stuff is good. As I said, like I use Apple Music and ultimately I, I find it to be good, it's fine, it does what I need it to do I would love it to be better on the Mac when I do play music on the Mac because it's it feels like Apple Music is fight, fighting against iTunes like oh. when you do a search, it tries to search your existing library before it will search Apple Music, which doesn't make any sense to me like you should just search the whole thing if it really, you know, I know that this is what happened but it really feels like Apple Music was kind of just squeezed in and then part of the problem that I know a lot of people face on the iPhone is that Uh, uh, basically Apple Music is squeezing out the local music collection. Like if you don't subscribe to Apple Music, Apple is like, they basically spam you (laughs) with sign up, (laughs) sign up, sign up every time you open the app. So I think that could be better. Uh, Some people have suggested, and I think I saw John Gruber suggest this, like to make a separate app. I don't think that's a good idea because what do you call them? What music and Apple Music? Like I don't think that works. But I think that there is... You know, if you're going to get rid of the Connect tab, I think you could have a tab for local music, um, if you know people really want to do that, or you could just find a good way to mix them all together and and kind of stop trying to push one out and keep one in. Uh, I I you know I think overall that these changes sound good, but they're not. I don't think it means that Apple Music is being you know smashed down to the ground and rebuilt. I really don't think that that's what's happening here. I think they're just making the changes that the users of Apple Music have wanted to see for for you know for a few months like, since it's changed at least. And I really do think that like a lot of this stuff came out just because there was some bad press.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: There was another piece of news about Apple Music, and this is a strange one. I think Apple Music uh, you can now get a fifty percent discount if you're a student, and it, mm-hmm. I think it kind of authenticates depending on the where you are, right? Um, no, in, I think
1: it authenticates with an email address, ah, okay, like an, an email edu address. email address, and it's. Uh, I've seen someone say that it's even more restrictive than it should be. I well, think.
0: That's not surprised. It's a very strange one to me. Like student pricing feels like a Microsoft 2003 thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but like it just sounds strange to me now. Like getting a student discount on software product feels very weird
1: well, like why spotify are they doing this it. spotify has it
0: i'm not saying they don't I'm, s- I'm sure many people do it's just like now in today's kind of like application economy mm-hmm. it just seems like a p- it just sounds strange to my ears after you know so many years of seeing like microsoft office student edition
1: you know you know because uh getting students uh with clear issues with cash uh, on a monthly basis uh, to sign up and eventually the students grow up and get a job and they stay with your service and they stay with your platform I think it's like uh, like one of those investments that you make to get people to use your service and to make sure that in the future even a tiny percentage of them stays with you
0: give it to them for free
1: <laughs> no, not for free but you know half the price because you're a student and because uh, whatever reason you know it's. Uh, I mean, I understand uh, why they do this. It's sort of weird to have like an educational discount in this modern age where it's like there's an app store and it's the same mm-hmm. price for everyone. But I understand why you know Apple Music the service wants to offer this. Actually, I've I've seen a few people suggesting could there be with the same system uh, student discounts for the app store coming. And I've seen a few developers responding well to that on Twitter, saying, I would actually raise the price of my own apps if I were able to offer student discounts. You know? It's interesting to think about, to have like student pricing on the App Store.
0: Yeah, I, I've seen a couple of people say this. It's like, well, obviously there is some kind of authentication going on here. So mm-hmm. it would be kind of cool if there was a way to bring this sort of stuff out to more people. I would like that.
1: Yeah, and uh, Kyle in the chat room is saying that it's not just email authentication. It goes through his college uh, web uh, interface for you know, saying, I am a student at this college. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's interesting. It makes sense. A bunch of other services have it. Spotify has it, and there's a big banner on the Spotify front page right now <laughs> that says, if you're a student, get Spotify for $5 a month. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see... I mean there has to be some kind of app store announcement at WWDC, right? Now this is nothing this has nothing to do with Apple Music, but there has to be some app store changes coming, right?
0: Well, I mean you'd expect it. There's some weirdness happening right now, right? Like apps are getting accepted and put for review Significantly faster right what's happening faster
1: there? than test flight even <laughs> approval it's uh it 's strange, and uh, initially, I thought historically up review times were always lower in May, but I looked it up on on a, on a story that we had on on the site a while ago, and uh, it 's never been under uh, forty eight hours or even twenty four hours uh, it 's always been around seven to nine days yeah around this time of the year. So there's something going on, like more stuff, or Apple has a new app review policy we don't know about, but definitely 24 hours to get uh, an app approved uh, for the App Store. It's definitely new. And I'm seeing a lot of positive feedback from the developers, like they're really liking this. In fact, I'm not kidding, uh, app review is faster at the moment for several apps than test flight beta approval. (laughs) <laughs> which is crazy <laughs> because test flight is just for testers and app review is for the public App Store. But still, I wonder, it's been a rough year. It's been a rough couple of years for the App Store and the Mac App Store. And we've seen the executive shakeup, you know, Phil Schiller now in charge of the App Store. I do wonder if Apple has been preparing some... And in that case, I'll allow it some sweeping changes for the App Store. And we'll see those at WWDC.
0: I don't know. Yeah, that this is an interesting kind of like story that nobody can do anything with because no one's saying anything, right? Like Apple isn't saying anything about this. All we know is that the average review times are down to like two days for iOS and one day for the Mac based from appreviewtimes.com. It's like, okay, this is crazy, but great.
2: Yeah, well, the thing that's um, interesting to me and all of that, like, we see this leading up W C. Most years, we can like see the ground shifting a little bit, and so we have things like the student pricing, you have things like you know review times coming down. Like something is coming, right? Like I always enjoy this part of the year because it's fun to try to read the tea leaves and see what's going on. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think the what underlies both of these stories is you know Apple's um, ongoing insistence that they are becoming a services company. Right, that was in the quarterly results. Tim Cook says that every interview he's on right now, of that services are a increasingly important part of Apple's business. And you can see that in their in their results. And so if that is true, then they have to make these moves, right? They have to do things like increase the Apple music user base. And I think a discount to college students is a pretty smart way of going about that. They have to make the App Store better for developers and users. They have to do things like maybe uh iCloud pricing adjustments or up that free tier of storage, which they don't do at WDC. Like everyone's going to be sad again, but um, I think this sort of stuff is going to be in the news more and more as Apple puts an increased emphasis on its various ancillary services that they offer.
0: I completely agree with you because, like, they're also a service to the people that develop on their platforms, right? Like, that's part of the whole service package, I guess.
1: There's a question that it's not about services and that we didn't discuss before, but that just came to mind and that I would like to ask you both, if you don't mind, Mm -hmm. which is, do you believe that fundamentally the changes that Apple could make for indie developers would matter to the general public or to Apple as a company? Do you believe that that they care about what's better for indies when the app store is making so much money with the big companies?
0: I think that there's a couple of parts to this. Um, I think that indie developers have shown in the past and continue to uh, advance and develop iOS apps in new and inventive ways, which filter out to the bigger companies, mm-hmm. right? Like that, they help Apple kind of push and test things in ways that big companies won't because they can't. And I think it helps Apple grow their APIs and think differently about this sort of stuff. I also believe um, that any changes that they make for any developers are going to find some way to to help the bigger developers too. You know, like the reason that WWDC is an open event it's because Apple believe in the community of independent app developers. Because otherwise, they could just do a video and just bring in, you know, King and EA. Uh, yeah, they could just bring those people in. I think that they genuinely do believe in the independent developer because it helps them advance the platform. Right, like you just know that everybody at Apple is using apps made by people like Underscore. Right, they're just doing that because that's something that they do the same as we do. So I think that the people that help make these rules, they use these apps and want these apps to get better. And they know that one of the ways that they can make it better is by making it better for indies. That's that's how I feel, you know. And <laughs> funnily enough, in parallel, I feel the same way about podcasting as well. There's been a whole big hullabaloo about all of this, <laughs> you know, and Apple do help out the bigger players. But I genuinely believe that they care about the needs of people like me and you because we'll help push the medium in new and different ways, the same as we always have done. And I think it having the balance for making everyone happy, like the big players and the indies, means that they're going to get a better platform overall. And I think Apple know this.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think so. So for that, for that reason, it's interesting to me to to kind of imagine what they're going to do and to see what they're going to do. Because like, I see two approaches to the app store. The romantic one, which is to care for the indies and to nurture the indies and to kind of make, sort of like treating software development as kind of an artistic form and to enable the best possible environment for those uh, creators, for those makers. And then I see the realistic approach, which is to just look at the money, to just look at the biggest names on the App Store and those big companies, what they need, and to kind of have features for those companies because those are driving sales and driving downloads. So it's definitely, when you think about it, it's a, it's a tough spot to be in, like to to have the sort of idealistic approach and to be sort of romantic about uh, software development and as an artistic endeavor and to be realistic and look at the, at the, at the spreadsheets, look at the numbers and say, yeah, you know, people just want to play Clash of Clans. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and So we're going to have features on the app store for those people. I don't know what I would do. That's why I'm not an executive at Apple. Uh, but from the outside, it's fascinating, you know.
0: We're going to be talking about this more as we lead up to, because we are very close to WWDC now. We're a yeah. month away this week. Yes. So that's what you can expect from us. You can expect lots of this talk now. It is the most wonderful time of the year. It is, Really. It will be even more wonderful if you're wearing one of our T-shirts. Don't forget, go to our show notes, relay.fm slash connected slash 90, and you'll find the link there to go and grab one of our fantastic T-shirts, our rainbow connected T-shirts. You can go to Teespring, search rainbow connected as well, and you'll find the campaign for you, either US or EU. But we suggest going to our show notes because you'll also find a bunch of other great links there. If you want to find Steven online, head to 512pixels.net. And he is at ISMH on Twitter. Federico is at Faticci, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. And he writes over at maxstories.net. And I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Check out Upgrade this week. If you're interested in mine and Jason's thoughts about the New York Times Apple podcasting thing, Uh, we spend a bit of time talking about that. So I think that's interesting. It's interesting for us. Uh, If you find it interesting, then you might want to go and listen to that section. And we put chapter markers in it for your convenience because some people won't want to listen to it, and some people only want to listen to it. So that is a good reason for a chapter marker. Thanks to Memories for sponsoring this week. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, guys.
1: Arrivederci.
2: Adios.